everyone, my name is Nina Tara, I'm an art psychotherapist and you are listening to Courageous Arts Deeper Dive episode number two. Well, this is my second episode and I'm flying solo again on this one for now. I'm going to do that from time to time in between the interviews with my guests. And incidentally, if you are a mental health practitioner, healer, guide, well-being expert, you know, do feel free to get in touch with me if you'd like to share your own journey that got you to where you are right now today and how you use your tools to help others. As I said in my first podcast, I really want to break down some of these misconceptions around mental health and to normalise the idea of asking for help um, and to be courageous enough to take that deeper dive. Thank you to all of those who listened, downloaded and left reviews on my first podcast. I really was blown away by the kindness and the reception it received It was really lovely. Um, uh, Please don't forget to leave a rating and a review once you listen to this podcast. It's important because um, each rating and review gives the show a little bump that pushes it up higher in the ratings, which means it becomes easier for others to find too. So in my last podcast, I covered what art therapy is and the topic of uncertainty so if you haven't had a chance to listen to this do go and check it out and um, if you want to know a little bit more about art therapy do check out my website www.courageousart.co.uk okay so today i'm going to go full vulnerable i really am and the topic i want to take a deeper dive into is imposter syndrome Yeah, Um, this is because this is exactly what I was feeling after my first episode aired. I know I'm not alone in this from several conversations I've had with colleagues since um, because I went into a state of panic and this left me curious actually um, how from time to time we can become frozen in this space by our inner critic. I'm wondering if this is resonating with you at all. I'm not sure. If you want, put your hands up because I can tell you something. My hand is firmly up there. It's right up there with yours. So what is imposter syndrome? Um, in a, basically, in a short sentence, it's a feeling of inadequacy and that potentially, you're, you know, whatever your accomplishments are, you don't deserve them. Um, feeling like a fraud who might get caught out. Um, If you know me, and you certainly will get to know a little bit more about me, I really like to do some research when things get really icky for me. Um, So (laughs) it really helps me understand a little bit more. And I discovered uh, when I was doing the research that Maya Angelou and even Albert Einstein had been impacted by these thoughts despite them being so successful in what they did. And their accomplishments. <laughs> whilst, whilst I'm no Maya or Einstein, <laughs> it really turns out that these feelings of being a fraud, uh, you know, is extremely common. 
So there you go. Make a note of this and make a firm note of this. You are not alone. In fact, the term was coined by um, a psychologist, Pauline Rose Clance, and she, together with her, a colleague of hers, Dr. Suzanne Imes, they conducted some research with graduate students, students actually that had had achieved all these high grades, but still had this feeling of inadequacy and that they, they somehow didn't deserve them. They, you know, they were just sort of, I don't, I don't, if I got this, I not, not, don't deserve these, I, I'm going to get caught. Um, and I just actually just want to add a quick footnote here uh, to mention that whilst it's called a syndrome, it isn't actually a disease or an abnormality. It's actually quite a common phenomenon. Um, I hadn't become fully aware of mine until I dug a little further into my own bodily feelings um, and what was happening for me in my body. In fact, um, you know, I, I get these a lot. <laughs> When I think back to it, I actually get this a lot. Uh, and especially in the moment when I realised my error that the podcast had gone live a lot sooner than I had planned due to my own error. I had a complete panic attack and I froze. I wanted to delete the podcast and go and hide under a big rock. I know this is totally extreme. But, you know, I'm asking you, how many times do you think you've said to yourself... No, I won't bother. I don't think I'll get the job um, as I haven't got the qualifications. Um, and despite knowing that you've got the experience for the job. Or no, I can't do that because... And then like fill in the blank there for yourself. Then we don't want to talk about it. There's too many emotions around it, feelings of shame or whatever it is. We don't want to admit it to ourselves, let alone talk about it, right? Well... That is the reason that I am back here recording this episode, totally putting myself out there again. Because I did just that. I reached out to a couple of friends and wow, I was so surprised. I heard back from them. Oh God, I get that too. That's me too. Oh, what a relief. I can't tell you. Um, really, how much of a weight got lifted from my tummy and my chest. So if anything happens today, if this is going to help lift that weight off of your chest and your tummy, um, then I think that's good enough. I think I've done my job here today <laughs> because we can all share that we, you know, we get impacted by uh, feeling like imposters and that's a normal, normal behaviour. You know, when we're feeling a little bit uncertain, again, you know, tapping into what I was talking about in my first episode. I just want to add here, though, that if this is happening to you more often than you would like, don't hesitate to seek mental health support so that you can navigate this with um, a different perspective and a different viewpoint so it can help you springboard to where you want to be. So now I want to dive a little deeper and talk about the science behind what's going on in our brains and our body. I do this for myself a lot. <laughs> um, I do this for a number of reasons, but the most important is because when we put this information in place about what is happening in our physiology, we can begin to build in some compassion for ourselves. And this is where I often find 
that the platforms um, to springboard into our change are. Essentially, what I'm thinking about is becoming architects of our own behaviours. That we can actually begin to understand what is happening for ourselves and also for others, actually, um, when we're seeing these behaviours being played out um, in our children, in our spouses, in our work colleagues, and especially as therapists, um, uh, because it can be so easy to get swept up in it all. So just noticing and knowing that these things are happening is really, really important. In episode one, uh, I talked about the limbic system. Now I'm going to go a bit deeper and I want to bring in the polyvagal theory. This was developed by Dr. Stephen Porges. Um, I'm going to put in the link to his website on in the show notes. Um, this is if you want to do your own research. He's got so many articles on there that explain in more depth. Um, so if you want to do your own research, that, that's where to go. Have a look. So this circuit is one that is actually helping us restore our nervous system back to feelings of safety and social connection. And I'm thinking especially um, around trauma recovery. So if you can imagine, there are three neural circuits uh, for regulation functioning. So let's think of this system as a ladder going from the top of your, uh, from the bottom of your spine to the top of your head. So I'm going to start at the bottom, and that is called the dorsal vagal. Here we're kind of experiencing immobility. Do you remember when I was talking about I wanted to shut down, hide, delete my podcast? Um, yeah, so that's where I was. I was feeling like I can't cope. Um, and that's the bottom part of the ladder. And I'm going to name mine. I'm going to, I'm going to name mine Hide Under a Rock forever <laughs> now i want actually i want you to take uh, a minute or two as we're going through these and name your own for yourself based on what you're hearing these circuits do these three circuits are doing so i'm going to move up now into the middle of the ladder and this is called the sympathetic now this is where we experience mobilization you know like having um the energy to get up go for a walk, go and exercise, go for a run, go and do the shopping, um, feeling mobilised enough to move, to move around. However, it's also here that we can experience feelings of danger and wanting to fight or flee. Um, I often feel mine in my tummy when it's churning and I'm wanting immediately to go to the loo. This is probably a little bit too much information for you, but does this sound familiar? Does this sound familiar to you? Um, I'm going to call my middle of the ladder, get me out of here. Right, finally, we're going to move up to the top now, top of the ladder. This is where the ventral vagal is. It's where we're experiencing feelings of safety and connection to our external world and ourselves, you know, feeling that social connection. I'm going to call mine sunshine because that is how I feel when I'm feeling connected. So just to recap on my ladder, obviously replace these for the names that you gave your own sections. So my bottom is hide under the rock forever. The middle is get me out of here. And my top is sunshine. So, um, and I started at the beginning to talk about, you know, when last week I was feeling 
feeling like an imposter, it actually had me going from the top of my ladder where I was going about doing my work, feeling relatively safe, and then immediately plummeting straight back into the bottom, discovering, oh my God, it's gone out live. Um, I want to delete it. I want to go and hide. And then very, very quickly, I went into my, you know, into the middle of my ladder where I was running to the loo. It actually took me a little bit more time to move to the top of the ladder. Um, and I managed to te- do this by, you know, the deep breaths. I managed to do this by taking deep breaths. And when I did this, I gave myself some space to calm my nervous system down enough to say to myself, okay, podcast has gone out. It's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. You know, um, if I reach one person, then it's good enough. I am safe. Um, I finally went full into the top of my ladder when I spoke to my friends and normalised the situation when they said, oh my God, I feel the same way too sometimes. And this was me feeling connected to my outer world. I can tell you that it was quite a ride, uh, to be honest. It really was quite a ride. And now bear in mind, this took a good portion of the day to move up, up, up and down. But it didn't fully complete until a few days later when I chatted to my friends. You know, you see, we're actually supposed to be moving up and down the ladder. And often, you know, taking up two positions in, 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 like, in like two spaces at the same time. Like being in the middle... Um, and at the top at the same time, feeling mobilised enough, for instance, to get up and go for a walk and then feeling connected to our outer world, for instance. So that that kind of stuff, you know, needs to happen. Um, I want to add a caveat here, though, that sometimes our inner critic can be responding to these intense in these intense ways because, you know, any due to any childhood or adult complex traumas and again as I mentioned before if it feels this way to you and you have you know you you feel like you have deeper issues do reach out to a mental health practitioner to get more specialized support I just wanted to add that in there and I thought it was really really important so how do we quieten our inner critic and learn how to reconnect to our emotions Um, one way is allow the emotions to be present Mine on this occasion, actually, was the feeling of shame. Um, who wants to talk? take a deeper dive into shame? <laughs> I think that's another podcast waiting to happen. Um, but let's get back to what I was talking about. How do we connect to our feelings, allowing them to be there, processing what they are, and resolving them so we can become reconnected? Well, there are a few steps... Um, and you can pick and choose what fits you. I think the challenge, however, is going to be how to remember these when you need them the most. I think that's going to be the tricky part. So number one is the deep breathing. And it's like the box breathing I shared in episode one. So go jump back, take a listen. And on my website, you'll see an example of this. There's a little gif that you can have a look and it, it takes you through it. Number two is to splash cold water from the bottom of your chin to the top of your head. See, the cold temperature is effectively, is is, is stimulating the vagus nerve. Um, You could even take a cold shower or even run your wrists under the cold tap if you're feeling really, really overwhelmed. Even maybe drink um, 
uh, ice cold glass of water. It's worth mentioning actually that these are really useful things to teach children too when they're they're navigating anxiety and overwhelming feelings. So yeah, worth remembering that. Number three is to gargle. The vagus nerve activates the muscle in the back of your throat that allows you to gargle. So when you're gargling, these muscles are contracted and that activates the vagus nerve. And that'll allow you to come back into a state of connection. The body is so fascinating, don't you think? Number four is the butterfly hug. And I love this the most, actually. And I've been doing this a lot, you know, um, in these current times when we're not allowed to hug each other. I've been hugging myself um, when I've wanted to hug my friend or my family member. So basically, you do this by wrapping your arms around yourself in a nice, tight hug. Um, Each hand is like touching the shoulder. And then you start to move your hands like wings of a butterfly, like rubbing your hands up and down your arms. This is a really, really calming action. Lastly, although they are probably a lot more tools, but I have to end somewhere, (laughs) is to name and let go. Naming your experience out loud like I did um, when I was feeling something is such as, you know, I'm feeling shame, overwhelmed, scared, confused, panicked, stressed, depressed, etc. I mean, fill in the blank for yourself. But this is a great way to give yourself a sense of safety and especially help your nervous system. So there you go, a few action steps for you when you're noticing your inner critic uh, starting to be a little bit too loud. As I said, the challenge is actually going to be how to remember these when the nervous system is hijacked by your inner critic next time. But I want you to also remember that repetition creates new pathways in the brain. And the more often you do these, the more often you will remember to automatically lean into them. Whew, that was that was a lot to think about today, right? Um, but I'm hoping it's given you food for thought. And if any of this resonates with you or you think someone else could benefit from hearing this, do share the podcast Do give it a rating, review and subscribe so you don't miss any other episodes. Well, I will no doubt be feeling feeling the imposter syndrome all over again when this episode goes live. (laughs) And I'm going to keep doing it until I have my know-hows and it won't feel like it anymore. I want to finally leave you with a quote my dear friend Karen sent to me when I was talking to her about feeling my imposter syndrome. Um, It's from Theodore Roosevelt's speech in 1910 and Brené Brown talks about it in her book Dearing Greatly. In fact, I cried when she read this out to me. So thank you, Karen, for sharing this. I'll read it out to you now. It is not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done it better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who is, who comes short again and again, 
because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly. I love that, don't you? Um, so, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, thanks for sticking with me on this one. And do check out the links in the show notes um, to all the things I said I would leave, Stephen Porges, etc. And also for my website, Facebook and Instagram. And if you are feeling a little bit stuck and fancy joining me for one of my upcoming workshops, do that too. So... Until the next time, keep well and I will speak to you soon. So take care now, guys. <laughs>